Hello, and welcome to One World, One Health, with the latest ideas to improve the health of our planet and its people. I'm Maggie Fox. Planet Earth faces many challenges, pollution, climate change, and new and re-emerging infectious diseases. This podcast is brought to you by the One Health Trust, with bite-sized insights into ways to help. Forests are the lungs of the planet, and destroying them hurts the health of everything, including people. Not only do damaged forests produce less oxygen, but their destruction pours damaging carbon into the atmosphere. Plus, the lack of healthy balance can help new diseases emerge. In this episode, we're chatting with Dr. Paola Priest, Senior Research Scientist at the EcoHealth Alliance. She's studying deforestation and the effects it has on the plants and animals that make up the forests, the people who live in and around them, and on the world as a whole. Paola, thanks so much for chatting with us. Thank you. Paola, can you tell us why forests are important to human health? Yeah, so forests, they are important for the human health in several aspects. Some of them are really basic. So, for example, the forests, they provide the food, water, clean water, and medicines that we rely today to survive. So without these forest areas, we don't have our basic needs. However, they also provide other services, which you call ecosystem services, as disease regulation services. So we say that when we have uh, a forest area that is uh, conserved, we have a low chance of getting infected with some zoonotic disease. And when you talk about a zoonotic disease, you mean an, a, a disease that moves from animals to people, is that right? Exactly. And also is a disease that can be transmitted from humans to animals too. And this is important because sometimes we can infect threatened species as gorillas and chimpanzees that are in the wild. So it's the two pathways. So what's an example of diseases that people might give to a gorilla or a chimpanzee? COVID, for example. That's not good. And what are some of the diseases that move from animals into people? We have several. So currently, 70% of the emerging infectious disease, they came from this uh, zoonotic pathway. So we have hantavirus, yellow fever, malaria. Paula, people sometimes think of the jungle as a place where diseases come from. And as you've just said, they can be right about that. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the zoonotic diseases that you're studying, these diseases that move from animals to humans? And can you tell us about how human destruction of forests makes it more likely that these diseases will move from animals to people? So we have different processes that happens when people destroy the environment. But first one is that when we deforest, for example, we change the entire community composition of these areas. So when we clean a forest area, we kill off some species that are not able to survive in this new environment that is created, like an open space, a crop field, or a, a, a urban area. And at the same time that we are killing some species that are very specialists, 
the way we call, we are also allowing other species to survive in this new environment because they not only like this new environment, but they also don't have any competition. So they have a lot of food, a lot of space, and a lot of to thrive. So we changed all the community composition in a place that was high biodiversity, that had high, uh, a high biodiversity. Now we have a low number of species. And now we are seeing that all these species, or most of these species that can survive in this new degraded environment, they can transmit diseases. And they can achieve high abundance. It's like crazy. It's 300% more than inside forest areas. Can you give us an example of a, a species that became more abundant and it's harmful? For example, rodents. We had a study with hantavirus in Brazil, where we saw that uh, when you the forest, and it's not only about the foresting, but when you change the composition of that area, so when you deforest, but you still keep a small amount of forest in a landscape, you increase by 350% the abundance of two rodents that can transmit hantavirus. And can we talk a little bit about hantavirus? Because that, that's kind of a, it was once a mysterious virus, right? But we understand a bit more about it now. The hantavirus symptoms are really similar to COVID. It is uh, transmitted by rodents, these native rodents that normally live in the forest, but they are what we call generalist rodents. So when we degrade the environment, they really like this new environment so they can achieve really high abundance and they carry the virus and they get infected when they encounter other rodents. So higher the abundance of these rodents, higher the chance of they get infected. And it can kill people, right? It can kill 50% of infected people. It has a huge lethality rate. So hantavirus, I didn't realize hantavirus was a problem in Brazil. We've heard about it in the southwestern U.S. and in the western U.S. and in, in Korea. But how big a problem is it in Brazil right now? So it's not huge because we do have a low number of cases. However, 50% of the people that get infected, they end up dying. And we say that it's not huge because for sure we have a lot of cases that are not being reported because we have these symptoms that are really similar with COVID. So we are assuming that a lot of people that get infected, they just have these mild symptoms. They think they have a flu, but by the end, they probably have hantavirus. A study happened in a city close to Sao Paulo about 20 years ago. And despite the number of cases being like 20 cases per year, this study showed that the people, 20% of the local population, they had antibodies for, for hantavirus, which means that they had contact with the virus. Some of them probably get sick, mild symptoms. Some of them didn't feel nothing. So the reality is that we have no idea of the real number of cases that we are facing. So the, the picture you're painting is that there was a healthy forest with lots of different species of animals living in it. And once people started destroying it, um, some of these other species like rats could survive better and they're spreading disease to the people who live nearby. Exactly. In fact, it's not just the rats that uh, transmit diseases, but we are killing other rats that don't transmit diseases. So the rats that can transmit disease, they don't have any competition and they just achieve high abundance. And we also have another component that is people getting inside and close to these rats and animals. 
So when we have uh, an impact forest, normally we don't have a lot of people go inside and we don't have any chance of these people to encounter these animals that can transmit diseases. However, when we have a more the forest area, we have people go inside all the time to do whatever they need to do. Like if it's a sugarcane field, they are working on the sugarcane field. But we also have high abundance of rodents that, that can transmit diseases. So we have the perfect combination of people and high abundance of animals that can transmit diseases, which makes this destruction of the habitat perfect for disease transmission. So Paola, is the answer just staying away from the forests or is there a way to maintain a healthy balance? If we have a very protected area, we have what we call disease regulation services, where you can live in harmony with all the animals that live there. Because the abundance of the animals that transmit diseases will be really low, and the prevalence of the virus or other pathogens that these animals they carry will also be really low. So the transmission is going to be really, really, really low. So you live in harmony with with the animals, you you keep the biodiversity, and it allows people to use the forest in a healthy way. Exactly. Especially because when you're the forest or when you live away from the forest, we are always going to allow other animals to live in this new environment that we are creating. If, If it's a city... When with the forest and we put cities in the place of forest, we have other diseases that emerge, as for example, dengue and chikungunya and Zika, through the Aedes aegypti mosquito, that is a complete urban mosquito. So every time we change the landscape, every time we change uh, the forest to other use, we are going to change the animals that live there. And normally, what from what we are seeing, every time we change, and these new animals, they can and they do transmit diseases. So we have a higher chance of being healthy if we keep the forest intact. Paula, if, if the average person, not a researcher, wants to help, what can they do? I think the most important thing to help in conserving forests, which is 100% important to our health, is voting for the right politicians. So we can do a lot of things individually. We can try to choose what we eat. We can see if what we are consuming has a good supply chain and etc. However, this is a very small scale. So I think we need to have a very conscient vote and make sure that we are voting for the environment too, because other generations won't have the chance to have a healthy environment if we don't do that right now. Paula, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you for inviting. I hope I could answer the questions the way I should for people to understand. I think you're helping people understand, so we thank you for that. Listeners can share this podcast, which is brought to you by the One Health Trust, by email, Twitter, or your favorite social media platform. And let us know what else you'd like to hear about at OWOH, that's OWOH, at OneHealthTrust.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to One World, One Health, brought to you by the One Health Trust. I'm Ramanan Lakshminarayan, founder and president of the One Health Trust. You can subscribe to One World, One Health on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
follow us on social media at One Health Trust, One Word, for updates on One World, One Health, and the latest in research on One Health issues like drug resistance, disease spillovers, and the social determinants of health. Finally, please do consider donating to the One Health Trust to support this podcast and other initiatives and research that help us promote health and well-being worldwide. Until next time.